Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I am Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast. Our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from Exodus chapter 20. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful, wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's, neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Thank you, George. Our gospel lesson is from the Gospel of John, and this is the story of Jesus overthrowing the money changers, which in the other three gospels happens during Holy Week. Jesus comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and then throw, overthrows the tables. But in John's gospel, this happens right away. Chapter 2, Jesus does this, and then he does it again during Holy Week. So hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words of John's gospel. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. And his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. 
Well, as I mentioned, we have guest speakers this morning. Madison Loveline and, uh, and Gretchen Bai uh, are here this morning. I don't have much of an in intro for you, Gretchen, but I will let you maybe do that later. But uh, I've uh, known Madison for a long time. You may recognize them. You may have, she may have served you coffee. Uh, she works at the Living Room Coffee House that her family owns uh, here on uh, Cameron uh, and also down at the, uh, at the hospital, at Luther Hospital, which to me is still Luther Hospital. Uh, she's 19 years old, has been, uh, you went to Africa, was that last year? 13. Or 13, okay. About a year and a half ago, went to Africa on a mission trip, and just this year in January, we went to Thailand on a trip, and it's the Thailand trip uh, that I was uh, interested in having her talking about. Uh, and she has, has a very big heart for serving Christ, even when the topics are uncomfortable and stands for justice and love and most importantly, for serving God. And she was born and raised here in Eau Claire and is currently attending Liberty University Online for a degree in Christian counseling. Uh, as mentioned, the whole family are here and you own the living room coffee house. Wonderful, wonderful coffee. And they are now, just to do a little advert, they are now roasting their own coffee. So, even better. So anyway, I'd, uh, Madison uh, and Gretchen, I invite you two to come up and thank you for uh, sharing your words of your experience in Thailand. And I'm going to go sit. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Um, I'd just like to start out by uh, praying. So if you would join me. Lord, thank you so much for allowing my friend Gretchen and I to be here today to talk about topics that are pretty uncomfortable. Lord, I just ask that you open our hearts and I just ask that you just remove the blinders and allow our hearts to be changed just like the song we just sang about, Lord. Change our hearts, oh God. You know, Lord, these are very uncomfortable topics, but we need to shine a light on them. So thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be here to raise awareness and let people know that we do need to change our ways, Lord, and that we can't do anything without um, recognizing our sins, Lord, and be willing to change that. So thank you, Lord. Amen. So um, I did go to Thailand with Gretchen, and we went to uh, um, be with human trafficking victims. and. That is a very touchy subject, and um, while we were there, we came across Americans, Germans, and Russians. Americans were one of the top three countries that is fueling this cause, and you know that really made me so ashamed and disappointed, and I just really felt like I need to let people know that we do need to change our hearts, that we can't stand for this. and. Um, uh, a friend of mine found this in a book, and he said, we need to turn from our wicked ways. If that means to repent, to change your mind completely about sin. America must face the magnitude of our moral and spiritual descent. We must face the enormity of the degrading of our culture. We must face our downward spiral into the ever deeper levels of defiance and immorality. How can we stand here Americans and go over there and continue to feed sex trafficking of women and children. That's just not right to me and it's not right to God. 
He continues saying, we are the ones being called to repent for our apathy and our complacency. We must repent for all of our compromises with the darkness. God is calling us to repent of our own sins, sins of omission. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 states, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed and you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. This is not my opinion, this is God's word. This is in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians. And I can't sit here and look into the faces of the children that I saw and not want my heart to be changed and want others' hearts to be changed as well. One of the experiences that my team went on, and it was one of the first nights that we were there, we saw Walking Street, which is um, part of the red light district. If you don't know what that is, it's um, a heavily trafficked area um, in one city where a lot of sexual exploitation takes place. And Walking Street is a red light district. There are bars and strip clubs and brothels and it's a quarter of a mile long, and my teammates estimated that in this length, one-fourth of a mile, there was 100 bars, brothels, and strip clubs. And in each one of those, they estimate that there are about 10 to 15 women trapped by pimps and other traffickers. So that is about 1,500 women and children that we know about. And that breaks my heart. We were walking down the street and I saw women in very tight and revealing clothing. Children, we came across a little girl. It breaks my heart. To see a six-year-old girl. Do any of you have grandchildren who are six years old? Any of you, raise your hand if any of you have a six-year-old grandchild. I saw a six-year-old girl wearing very revealing clothing, wearing more makeup than any normal woman would wear, six years old. She was standing next to a pimp, at least this close to her, a very tough and intimidating man, making sure she was doing her job, which was to hula hoop every single night from seven until all hours in the morning. And across the street was another man there watching her to make sure she wouldn't run away, make sure no one would steal her. Can you imagine that? any of your children, or even yourself. I know it's hard to imagine being six years old and having no one to turn to. That broke my heart. And anyway, we continued down the road and we saw more women and children and we came across Americans. Like I said, Americans are the top three 
countries that go and fuel this. They were taking pictures and selfies in front of strippers and taking pictures with the children. It made me so ashamed that my country was doing this. So we continued down and we came across a police station. And the people there, the police officers, were on their phones doing nothing. They were turning a blind eye to the whole thing, to the six-year-old girl that was trapped, to the women who had pimps and were forcing them to sell their bodies. They were turning a blind eye to it because they were so corrupt. And they were taking part of it, and that is just so wrong. We need to turn from our wicked ways. I'm going to pass to Gretchen now. Thank you for listening to my part. As Madison said, we experienced um, quite a bit of uncomfortableness. Um, and for myself, that's something I anticipated for quite a while to get to. Um, Thailand's been something I've been passionate about for quite a while. Um, when I was 14 years old, the Lord spoke into my life and said, Gretchen, you're going to Thailand. And so I waited for seven years in, in prayer and just in waiting and anticipation for that time to come. Um, and so I was thrilled when I got the opportunity to go with this team. Um, I, I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I knew it was going to be hard. Um, and as Madison said as well, experiences like that were heartbreaking. You, you didn't know how to deal with all the emotions that went on. And I can honestly say, if it weren't for God and his faithfulness, we wouldn't have made it through. We wouldn't have been able to deal with all of the oppression that we saw and experienced. We would not have been able to deal with the lifelessness we saw in those women's eyes. To look at somebody and acknowledge that they're a human being, but not be able to see life in their eyes when you look at them, it, it is heartbreaking, completely. Um, but one, one thing that we did get to do while we were there was invest in a group of uh, children. And we went on behalf of an organization called Thrive Rescue Homes. And they've dedicated their time, their money, their lives to take children out of these situations and to offer them hope and life and salvation through Jesus Christ. And so we had these group of 11 children from the ages of 5 to 16. And we got to simply play with them. We got to experience what life was like for them each day um, in this new changed home. Um, and in them, we saw so much transformation. We saw hope, we saw life, and we saw Jesus Christ just living inside of them. And to look at someone who's gone through so much abuse, those instances that Madison talked about, each one of those children had gone through those experiences before, but to see them running around like an average child, just loving outside, loving to play music and to play with these brothers and sisters, that brought hope to us. And as we experienced this, I, I can only think of a passage that comes from John 10, um, and it talks about Jesus as our shepherd. In verse 7 it says, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are the thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. 
They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So for me personally, this trip was God being faithful. That's what I saw. I saw God being faithful. And while we were there and as I saw the transformation, that too was another sign that, that God has been planning this for quite a long time. And each one of these children was a sheep. Each one of us are his sheep. So we got to experience what it means for Jesus to be our shepherd while we were there. Later on um, in Revelations, it talks about how one day um, when Jesus is ready to come back for us, seven seals will have to be broken. And the only way that these seven seals for us to be broken and, to, and for Christ to come back for us and to be, for us to be in his presence is the blood of a worthy and pure lamb. And that's Jesus. And so, to me, I see um, Jesus being not only our, our faithful shepherd, the one who watches out for us, the one who walks through, us, through life with us every single day, but he, he knows how to relate to us, too, because he has been that sheep. He's been the pure sheep who's been slain for our sins, the things that we do wrong. Us Americans who had this presence in Thailand and causing these sins and causing these bad habits, lifestyles, and trends. But he, he's been slain. His blood has been shed for us. And in that, we can have hope. And we can have salvation. Because he cares for us. And he loves us. And we can put our trust in that. Um, and so those, that's what brought us hope on this trip. Um, we got to see these children have a chance at new life. Hopefully, they'll move on to get education. That's what these, these missionaries that we were partnering with intend for these kids, just so that they can have changed lives. Um, and we saw a way for, for other women um, in the community to have a chance out of these experiences as well. And so one last verse I'd like to leave you with. It comes from Romans chapter 12. And it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As Madison said, it's so easy for us to fall into the patterns of this world and to be complacent with that. But we do come back from this amazing experience with the charge that things need to change. There needs to be a change in our hearts and there needs to be a change in our actions as well. Because there are people who they have to deal with our, like, our consequences. The things that we do affect them. And so I'd ask you to consider um, really praying about what that means for you. Um, if that means an attitude change, if that means some kind of action, taking action, that means even having a conversation about somebody, with somebody about this issue. I ask you to consider that. Um, and there are lots of ways um, that you can be involved in, in the changing of these patterns. Um, and we'd love to talk with you afterwards, too, if you have any questions. Um, if, you, if you'd like to hear more about our experiences, definitely ask us. We have lots of ways to get plugged in. But I'd also just like to thank you for listening to what we have to say. Um, and just 
I thank you for your support for this, this trip. Um, so if you will, I'd like to close in prayer. Father God, um, we humbly approach your throne and acknowledge that you are the power and the strength that we have and rely on every single day. You, you and your son, Lord, were the only thing that fueled our time in Thailand. God, we offer you the brokenness that we saw and experienced. Um, we offer you our broken hearts, Lord, um, from all of the pain and oppression that we, we witnessed as well. And we say, God, take control of this. We trust you to make the, the appropriate changes, God, um, to bring your holiness into America and into Thailand. Father, I thank you for your son. I thank you for the amazing sacrifice that you gave, that he, you would send your only son to die for our sins, even though he was pure and righteous. I thank you, Lord, for the miracle of his resurrection that offers hope, that offers salvation, and that, that brings us the joy that we have today. Lord God, I pray that each one of us in this room will be willing to take the step today to trust you with our lives, to trust you with our, our hearts, and to acknowledge these painful and uncomfortable experiences that Madison and I testify about today. Lord God, um, we praise you for this day. We praise you for all that you are, and we praise you for the work that you're doing, um, not only here, but throughout so many places in the world, Lord. We love you, and we thank you. And I ask all of these things in your holy name. Amen. Thank you.
And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, This is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.